Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to episode number 89 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have Dustin Galker. I have Adam Candy. You can find them on the Twitter machine at Dustin Galker, at Adam Candy, two E's, no Y. And of course, this podcast, if you happen to be listening to it on the Legal Sports Report website, you can also find us at your favorite podcasting place. So go ahead, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all those. Go and subscribe, rate, review, and It'll just be delivered to you every time we wrap one of these things. We will be talking about Illinois numbers. We will be talking about where we might see Barstool next. We will talk about what's going on in Virginia. How many sports books do we have going in Virginia? Some news out of Canada as well. A big investment in DraftKings. But let's kick things off here with the big news, and that is the Super Bowl that is going to be going down here in a couple of days. Adam, you know, this is a real curious, uh, you know, real curious week when it comes to Super Bowl. Normally, we would be sitting here predicting, you know, just just shattering of all sorts of records and things like that. But uh, at least here in Nevada, anyway, you know, the over-the-counter, which we know is going to be way, way, way down, and with the uh, trouble that it takes to sign up for apps and fund apps and things like that, I expect the Super Bowl handle to be down here for sure. But what do you think about some of these other states that are, you know, mobile first? That's the interesting part, Matt, the mobile versus the retail experience. And it's not a huge mystery when it comes to how we look at this time of year, right? Like we know that people like to gather together for the Super Bowl, but the pandemic is limiting or eliminating that in a lot of places. And we always find out this time of year what the estimates from the American Gaming Association are for how many people will bet on the Super Bowl and how much they will actually wager. And both of those numbers are down this year uh, in some ways significantly. Uh, The American Gaming Association says, despite the fact that another 36 million Americans gained access to legal sports betting in the last 12 months, that Three million less people this year are expected to bet on the Super Bowl. Twenty three million versus twenty six million a year ago. The number I found significant was down from six point eight billion dollars in wagers to four point three billion dollars in expected wagers. Now, we paired that news at Legal Sports Report with a Seton Hall study that said that more people than ever are willing to or interested in placing a Super Bowl bet. Now, In 2019, that number was just 12% of people who were planning to place some sort of bet on the Super Bowl. That's increased to 27% in just a year with a huge uh, jump in the 18 to 34 demographic. Now, most of those wagers, as you mentioned, are expected to be placed via online or mobile channels, up 36% from last year. But here's the interesting part. A 61% drop in people betting at retail sportsbooks is expected. And that, of course, goes right along with the fact that capacity is restricted here in Las Vegas. And even so, we have no idea how many people will actually be traveling to, uh, to Las Vegas on what's one of the largest sports wagering days of the year. Yeah, Dustin, I mean, this is one of those things where I knew Nevada would be down. It's very interesting to see that it just is the thought is that it'll be down across the uh, 
entire industry, I think everybody at the conventional wisdom would have thought like, oh, no, we'll be up regardless. We have all these new states. They're pretty much mobile first as it is anyway. But, you know, listen, look, there is still a significant amount that it, that does go over the counter in some of these states. And we also take a look at, you know, just the the way that the Super Bowl might play out this year. Right. I mean, maybe you're more apt to bet on it if you're going to a Super Bowl party and you're going to be around a bunch of people. And we know that, you know, Super Bowl parties will probably be limited this year as well. Gathering and and the like and so um i guess when you when you do take that that step back and just kind of look at it from an, an overarching look you you can kind of get to where these estimates are yeah look the aga number also i mean it includes like super bowl squares betting casually with friends some, some of that's where you're seeing these drops because yes in the in the legal online market we have new markets right since the last super bowl we're looking at like colorado tennessee virginia and michigan recently uh so we have we, we're going to have more legal online betting just because there are more states and more things going on in, uh, in terms of who can actually bet legally. So, um, so that part of it, it's, I mean, it's, it sounds discordant, but there is still a lot of act, you know just a lot of activity. There's still a lot of offshore activity. Thought and like I said, we were talking about Nevada, like that's that that really drives a lot of Super Bowl handle in the legal market, and because people you know even with the legal options that you have around the U.S., people still traveled to Las Vegas just to watch Super Bowl and bet on it. That is still a thing that happens. It, it has, there is an outsized amount of betting, you know, last, last Super Bowl still in Nevada versus all the other states that, that have a lot of activity. So it's interesting to look at all of it. We'll see, obviously we get a lot of these numbers f- from the Super Bowl from a lot of these states. So we'll be able to kind of dissect that over t- as we get it, but uh, it will be, you know, it, there still is a lot of betting. It's just, you know, maybe a little bit more muted, like a lot of things in the sports world have been in the past year. Yeah, definitely. I think that we'll we'll see a a big change, hopefully, knock on wood here in the 2022 version of this. And I'm sure we will all be predicting for astronomical numbers for that one. But uh, just an unfortunate circumstance when it comes to where we are, where we still are with the pandemic here in February 2021. Illinois is a, a state that we are very, very bullish on. Uh, certainly a huge sports state, very populous state. And Dustin, we get uh, we get some numbers here that is that are pretty encouraging as for the future of that state. Yeah, although it's I'll note that it's February 4th and I'm we're just now reporting on November <laughs> numbers from Illinois because they for whatever reason they are very slow at reporting their numbers. So we are going back in the time machine to November 2020 to find out that uh Illinois sports betting revenue hit uh 37 million in November. Uh that was that numbers up, handle uh, about 450 million, an all-time high for the state. All of those numbers pushed uh all across the U.S., U.S. revenue from sports betting past 300 million for the first time. Um, so, you know, we're we're trailing still badly in Illinois, but this gives us a sense that, you know, we're seeing growth. And we're, again, we just alluded to this, but we have by by the time we roll around to January, we're going to have new states as well. So we're going to be, you know, pro- we're going to be ticking up to a half a billion in revenue and not too distant future um, because of all the new activity and, and continued growth in all of these states. So uh, Illinois, uh, one of the larger, uh, larger markets, obviously, already even though they just went live in 2020 with online betting um and it will you know be in the mix for being one of the you know being perhaps not, maybe not the biggest one but uh certainly top two or three uh in the near future here and when we look at barstool um we are we know they're only in a couple of states right now and we do predict that when they go into other states they'll, they'll find success they have a built-in marketing tool they've got a built-in fan base and so it seems as if uh we have an idea of where they'll end up next 
Yeah, they just went live in Michigan for their second state of uh, adding to Pennsylvania, but they are now coming with Illinois as well. Um, they are hoping to launch there before March Madness, assuming March Madness, of course, goes off in college basketball. So uh, they, they that, that this this is what they promised is having more having apps live in more states and start growing the business there on sportsbook in Michigan. They also have a, a, an online casino in their relationship with Penn National in the state. So. Uh, we are finally seeing Barstool, the you know, sleeping giant, if you if you care for that term, starting to wake up and get live in more states. That's going to continue certainly over the course of this year. But Illinois looks to be the next place you will see a Barstool Sportsbook app. Adam, you and I both live here in Las Vegas in the great state of Nevada. Of course, the numbers come out for Nevada. They are definitely, definitely off from where we where where they were, you know, a year ago and, and, and in previous years as well. And um, I saw you get into a little bit of a, you know, not 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 a ton, but I saw you get into a little bit of back and forth about this on, on the Twitter machine. It seems as if people are looking at this and drawing all sorts of conclusions. Well, I know it's dangerous to engage a sports betting expert like Darren Rovell, but I decided to <laughs> take up that mantle on Twitter uh, when he posted a stat that talked about how much more per day in 2020 people in New Jersey bet than they did in Nevada. And I thought that that might have left out some important context, uh, such as the fact that Las Vegas was shut down for more than a month uh, during the height of the pandemic last spring, and also that it is almost impossible to sign up for a mobile sports betting account or to wager on an account where you might not have money during a time like that because you have to sign up in person and there are some ways to fund your account uh, mobile but it's not easy when it comes to Las Vegas and of course capacity has been restricted here in Nevada for the entirety of the remainder of 2020 prior uh, post reopening from the pandemic so you know, we look at the Nevada numbers that came out for December and we see that uh, December was 588 million in handle. And on its face, that's obviously a number that sounds huge. Right. Uh, but, you know, you go back to just October and you see that six hundred sixty million dollars uh, was wagered in Nevada. And you see that that total of five eighty eight was third in the United States behind New Jersey and behind Pennsylvania. And of course, New Jersey, we saw uh touch the tip of a billion dollars there. So ultimately for Nevada, revenue down a little bit, handled down as well. And you know, the, the, the split is about 60% online, 40% retail when it comes to how wagers are placed in Nevada. And if you look around the rest of the country, that is the anomaly. It's clearly the outlier against places like New Jersey and Pennsylvania, where it was close to 90% of wagers being placed by mobile app prior to the pandemic. And that's only grown since that time. So it's just I would hope I'm not sure it'll happen, but I would hope another wake up call to Nevada regulators to say, listen, there's no good reason to continue having this in-person account registration requirement, especially when the pandemic has accelerated the growth of mobile elsewhere and shown people what the convenience of it is so that they might not necessarily look at Las Vegas as the one and only place they can place a bet. And Adam, I mean, even further from that, it's like you mentioned is you've, you know, over the last, I don't know, I guess at 18 months or something like that, they've come up with this, you know, 
there is a weird way that you can fund your account, you know, mobily. You, of course, have to still go in person to sign up in the first place. But they've got this like weird way where you go through a third party that shoots the money through a, a deal and then ends up on the sports account and all that. And then you have to transfer once you make that deposit, then you have to transfer it actually into your account again and all kinds of weird stuff like that. It's, it, so they obviously understand because they approved this and this is the thing that's going on here. So they obviously understand the importance of, of being able to, to fund your account without having to go and stick the money over the counter. So again, like you said, I, I can only hope here with things that have gone on. I know this was supposed to be talked about and it got postponed a couple of different times, but I hope that through all of that and through this being postponed and through all these numbers from these other states, that it is uh, finally going to be a, an, an issue that they go ahead and realize that they're behind the times on. Well, one would hope, Matt, but we've said that for the better part of three years now and we haven't seen any progress and a couple of follow ups to what you just said. The item on the Nevada Gaming Control Board agenda that was pulled Sightline payments had put in for this to try to modernize you know, payments in a way that I think indirectly was going to affect sports betting. And then I'm not sure whom, but someone pointed out to them that that would have an effect on sports betting. And then they pulled the item from the agenda, did regulators and then Sightline put out a uh, press release right around the same time to say, no, 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 that was never our intention, uh, X, Y, and Z. So, you know, the powers that be continue to exert their will. And we know that includes uh, some of the local casinos around here that are afraid they're going to get crushed by the casinos on the strip. The second thing I want to mention is something that you just said in there about actually having to transfer money after you load it. So the way this works is that you have to A, pay a fee, on that money that you want to deposit, right? You pay a certain percentage of the money you choose to deposit. There's also something in the agreement that says you have to deposit money at least every six months or else you will get uh, fees taken out of your account. So there are multiple ways for them to get your money. But I have to say, Matt, it was so unclear to me the first time I did this about how to actually transfer the money. I ended up writing to the sports book and saying, hey, it came out of my bank account. Like, where's the money? And they're like, oh, did you actually transfer it? I'm like, could you make this any more difficult for me to give you my money? I am not a good sports better. I am going to give you my money. So make it easier for me to do. Yeah, it was I, I, same with me. I had no idea what was going on with all this and then finally figured out how it is. But yeah, you like you put it in one place and then put it in another place and then have to transfer it once it's in to another place and, and all the things like that. So we we shall see. But like you said, I, I, I guess I'm not overly uh, I guess I'm not overly optimistic that we're going to finally get there. Uh, Dustin, so we're sitting here and, you know, DraftKings has been the the popular stock that we have talked about here on the, the podcast several different times. And it actually had a nice little jump this week as well on some additional news of people getting uh, involved with that company. I don't just buy DraftKings stock. Next item. We don't need, what do we do? What do we need to talk about? Why you need to buy DraftKings stock? No, we just, you just do it and assume it's right. Um, so we have, yeah, we had this uh, the Arc Fund of Kathy Wood. If you are if, if you follow the stock market and its machinations, this is a, a what is a, a sharp a sharp fund apparently and uh, known for uh, being early on other things. The most the one that the most known for is for being early on Tesla. Anyway, they bought into uh, to DraftKings and that uh, has helped boost DraftKings stock in recent days. Uh, it is now it was it had a bump the day that news dropped. Uh, and it is now as I'm sitting here, I think trading at like sixty three dollars. That's up from about forty seven 
earlier this month. So DraftKings has gotten a nice, nice spike. I'll say it's nothing like the spike of, of uh, Penn National and Barstool stock, which <laughs> I think is trading up near 120 now. So, um, but uh, gaming stocks continue to be hot, and uh, you know, there's just more money flowing into this every day, apparently, until until people <laughs> decide not to. But it's been, yeah, it's been wild to watch the gaming stocks kind of. Hit the, hit the all-time low earlier. I mean, not maybe not the online only like DraftKings, but um, the gaming stocks were were hurting at the beginning of the pandemic. Pandemic, but national especially, and uh, most of them have been just buoyed by recent news developments around sports betting and what everybody sees as as growth in the sector. Yeah, the uh, and then I read an article a couple of days ago. Looks like DraftKings is going to have a couple of different commercials during the Super Bowl, so they're going to test that market out as well. That I guess is going to be an actual call to action type of uh, commercial during the Super Bowl that's going to drive people to a free to play fourth quarter pool that is located on the site. So we are seeing now, you know, from a few years ago when there's a a middle of the night meeting going on in New York, whether the company might actually go under or not. And then uh, to where we're, we're now getting a couple of different Super Bowl commercials. It's pretty, pretty wild ride. Absolutely. I mean, and this is and this is pointed toward the DFS site. The NFL, I don't think would, is quite ready for a sports book ad on the actual, uh, on the actual Super Bowl broadcast, the DraftKings, of course, has an NFL partnership, uh, so it makes it easy. They can actually they've uh, can actually use the Super Bowl name and logo uh, on their on their DFS side of things, not on the sports book, I don't think still. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is wild to see just DraftKings just yep the thirty seconds of commercial ads uh, on the Super Bowl uh, that that would have been kind of yeah almost impossible to think of uh, circa five years ago. Adam, we uh, talked about Virginia and how things were very weird with their with their launch and their rollout. So here we are a couple of weeks later. Where do we sit? Who's live and and what's going on over there? Are they trying to fix things or is this just going to be a broken process moving forward? It's basically like a Scooby-Doo mystery that we're trying to figure out every week and, you know, seeing who we can pull the mask off and figure out what's actually behind everything. Like we're up to five operators. Uh, William Hill just launched in Virginia. Uh, They joined BetMGM, BetRivers, DraftKings and FanDuel operating in the market. And basically we find these launches out one by one as they are leaked out on the Virginia lottery website, because the lottery won't tell us anything about who has applied or who's being licensed until the license actually goes live. Uh, Separately at the state legislature, there's an effort going on to clean up their original sports betting bill. And I I feel like I actually should give credit to our Matthew Waters uh, at LSR for making this happen because he consistently asked Representative Sickles last year as this legislation was going through saying, wait a minute, the bill says it allows for up to 12 licenses for sports betting, but it appears that that includes the licenses that could go to professional sports teams like the one that the Washington football team and FanDuel are partnering on. And they're saying, no, 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 those are, you know, that's that's, you know, it's not uh, it's not going to take away from that. Those are separate. Well, I'm guessing someone read that bill and said, "Mm, I don't think it's the way you think it is, because we've now had to come back this year with a bill in the legislature to specifically say that there will be up to 12 online licenses issued. And then also the professional sports teams uh, could be eligible for licenses as well. So what we're looking at is a potential total of 17 licenses 
in Virginia. Uh, some of those can be online only. Some of those are going to be potentially tethered to casinos that are coming in the future because before last year, Virginia did not have any casinos. So there has been enthusiasm for certain around the rollout in Virginia. There's a lot of pent up demand from Washington, D.C., where they've been looking at the laughable intralot lines for the last year plus. So it's going to be a good market. It's just a matter of, you know, how long it takes for it to actually get up to speed. Yeah, that is uh, that is, you know, this was one of the weirdest things, because like you said, it's it's like I've, I'm finding out about who's in Virginia when it's like they tweet about it. <laughs> like That's how that's like the news. It's like there's no like the press release doesn't even get out before they just tweet and go, oh, by the way, we're uh, we're going to be live in 45 minutes if you want to play on our site. Right. And, and that from what we've heard is because of the lottery, the lottery, for some reason, is you know threatening the wrath of God on some of these operators if they let the word out before someone actually flips the switch. So I, I don't know. This is not the experience <laughs> we have seen in any other state. It is crazy. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Dustin points bet has been around for a while. It is one of the ones where, you know, we were talking about the look, good platform. The app functions nicely. I think that the, you know, some of the promotions that they've run have been really, really good. I mean, you know, I, earlier in the week, I know that they were putting just kind of like the, the lowest juice out there on both sides of the Super Bowl. I mean, they've done some things to try to, to acquire customers. They haven't really broken through quite yet but uh some interesting stuff coming out of new jersey yes uh, so points bet and uh, reported its numbers for q4 and uh some i don't know but kind of not more than interesting not maybe less than eye-popping but they in new jersey and illinois they had about 14 percent of handle share uh in both of those states. So that to me is really interesting because that probably sets them up to be number four, at least in terms of handle, not not in terms of revenue, as we as we like to talk about on here. But that's that's interesting because they're getting that much of the action. Now, this is also apparently inflated a little bit by the fact that they have some very high value betters, that they are uh, some people who are betting a lot of money. Uh, they actually lost a lot of money in New Jersey uh, last quarter because of the those big betting clients doing well their their gross gaming revenue in new jersey was actually negative five million because of this run but it's still interesting to me that they are they're attracting this much action and you know they're they're attracting a different type you know not some casuals i'm sure with the mm -hmm. way they market the, the the sports book but they're attracting some big betters too and they're not you know we there's a lot of uh, of chatter always on on the twitter and in sports betting industry about those betters and where they go and and what their place in the ecosystem is and they're the some of them you know we don't know that whether they're sharp or not, but they're at least allowed to get a lot of money down. So, but it's interesting just to see that those, those, a lot of those uh, betters are eating there. I mean, we know anecdotally that, that a FanDuel and DraftKings have a lot of those kind of big betters as well, but you know, their you know, points bet at this stage is much more uh, beholden to those and, and how, and how it impacts their business. So, but it's still interesting that they're, you know, just in terms of handle, at least they're in two very large markets. They, they've divulged that they're, they're probably the number four operator in those two states. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it was something I even mentioned on some of the other content that I've done, you know, over the course of the week, there was a time uh, about, uh, you know, I think it was the end of last week where points bet and I'm, I'm sure that it was, a you know, like we're talking about, I'm sure it was just a, a promotional tool to try to attract new customers and try to attack, attract, you know, specifically bigger customers was you could get the the lowest VIG on the Chiefs. And you could get the lowest VIG on 
the bucks at the same time uh, over on their site. So, I mean, if you were looking for, if you were looking for a certain number and, and you were getting it at a better, you were getting it at a better juice than you were getting it at any other sports books in the country, you know? And like, if you're someone that's coming in to bet major money, whether if you're getting minus one Oh five instead of minus one twenty, because at the time it was chiefs minus 120 pretty much prevailing across the whole market. And it was, you know, it was chiefs minus one Oh five on their site. That's a pretty big way to go and and get some of these larger bets that I, it seems like that they're they're trying to attract because I mean you know you're talking fifteen cents as far as the the vig goes if someone's coming in to bet you know five figures or six figures or something on on the game that's uh, that's the way to do it there's no doubt about it yeah and again we don't know whether the uh, we don't know the, the sharpness of these betters but yeah if they you know they they're attracting the, the big action, whether, whether it's sharp or square, but, and yeah, I mean, that's the, you're, you're, if you're betting, you're betting more than four figures. These are more than three figures. You're, you're, these, these numbers and the, and the VIG start becoming attractive. So um, yeah. And they promote that the, 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 they do some no VIG promotions and things like that. I mean, even if you, even if you're not price sensitive, those things start to matter. You're like, Oh, I'm getting, if I'm get, actually getting even money that matters even to a casual better. So it's, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we, we, we haven't really discounted points bet as, as a major player and they, we think they are, but you know, whether they can break into that top, you know, top three, uh, I mean, stay at a number four position with bar with an ascended bar stool, uh, you know, but even if they're not, you know, a, like a fourth or fifth place operator that there's, there's a lot of money to be made still right. across the United States. Absolutely. Adam, uh, Tennessee is one of the states that we uh, were were very interested in when they went live. Of course, they have no physical casinos within the state, so everything with sports betting was going to be online, and everything, that entire market was just basically invented uh, there in Tennessee. Nice numbers coming out early, and it looks like we have a couple more people to come play in the sandbox. Accurate information uh, at the last meeting of the Tennessee Education Lottery Board last week, they approved both William Hill and WinBet. Hello, WinBet. We haven't oh, seen you in a lot of right. places. Uh, WinBet right. is approved for Tennessee. Um, there's only other. There's one other outstanding application right now from a company uh, called Zen Sports that we have not seen a lot of action from in the U.S. market. But yeah, so we're looking at six operators that will be live. Now, those two are likely uh, not going to be up and running by Sunday for the Super Bowl. So you're going to have the first four that had launched in that state continuing. And so that keeps it going with uh, what all has already been a pretty good market with just four sports books. Uh, $180.9 million uh, for December from Tennessee. And, you know, considering you're looking at a state with a little less than 7 million in population and only four options, uh, it's a pretty good handle revenue. I wish I could tell you more about. We really don't know uh, the same way they invented this weird, um, you know, required hold for sports books that's going to go into effect starting in January. They're also reporting payout as opposed to revenue. I, I, we don't get it. We don't understand. For some reason, Tennessee's trying to reinvent the wheel. So we're not 100 percent sure uh, what's going on there. But in any case, the numbers will start to get way more interesting in January when this mandatory hold goes into effect, because any sports book that does not hold 10 percent, according to the rules, it is at the discretion of the Tennessee lottery to find them up to twenty five thousand dollars for not doing that. Yeah. Cool. Right. Cool. Cool. As in, you know, like 
<laughs> the difference in, you know, whatever the hold might be, let's say 5% versus 10%, right? Yeah. Like that could be a significant amount of money yes, as yes. opposed to a $25,000 fine. That's like, you know, Jason Robbins walking down the street and he's like, Oh God, I have a hole in my pocket. Oh, I lost 25,000. <laughs> uh, 25,000. That's funny. Uh, well, well, definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, while they won't be up for the Super Bowl, it looks like at least they will possibly be up for the next big sporting event, which is March Madness, which as we know, the single day sporting event Super Bowl reigns king but if we're talking about actual sporting events as far as handle goes it is actually March Madness of course you start to add up all the games that makes sense to you whenever you you do the math but yes it uh they're up and going by March Madness I'm sure they will be happy as anything for that uh, Dustin, before we uh, get out of here, let's talk about our friends up north. We have several friends. Shout out to Julian Walmsey, who's probably listening to this podcast. Uh, several friends up north. And uh, looks like maybe we start talking a little bit more about Canada here on the podcast. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll preface this. I didn't know. Uh, maybe I'm just naive. I didn't know there was like an NFL Canada division of the NFL. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but I, 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 when I read the story in the DraftKings relationship with the NFL and that they're expanding their their daily fantasy sports deal to with the NFL to include Canada, I learned that there is this whole arm of of NFL Canada. There's like an NFL Canada uh, Twitter account, and uh, like uh, I, who who knew who knew this existed? I mean, who knew but, what they were talking about? You didn't even know what they were talking about. <laughs> but anyway, they're yeah. The DraftKings expands the DFS deal. Uh, you know, this is you know they've long operated in Canada. They're looking to you know continue to expand again this is precursor to sports betting in canada there is the possibility in the not too distant future of single game wagering coming to canada so this move you know the pushing the dfs deal into canada is presumably based on that it might have happened either way but it just makes way more sense because uh, you know they're they're getting ready for being being in the canadian market any of that you know any of that groundwork that they lay now will certainly pay off in spades later on when if and when canada or any of the territory, uh, any of the provinces open up. So uh, interesting to see for sure. Uh, there's also apparently different su- Super Bowl commercials in Canada. I also learned. So I, I don't know if you're getting that, getting the DraftKings version, pro- presumably so because because of this deal. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we're going into uh, even outside of Canada. This is uh, the biggest weekend for for the sports betting operators. DraftKings will get its day, uh, moment in the sun and everybody in there saying it'll be see- it's always interesting to see the commercials and what people say about them afterwards and whether DraftKings gets uh, any good press. But I mean, it sounds like it won't be it won't be controversial or uh, anything like that. But um, anyway, enjoy the Super Bowl and. I'll just stop rambling now because I'm just talking about, <laughs> talk about whatever's coming to my brain. <laughs> Adam, over under two and a half ketchup chip commercials during the Super Bowl for Canada. Max under. You're going to max on the under. Max, All right, max well. under. All right. Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to limit you at one hundred dollars then, because if you're if you're that confident, maybe you've been up there for the Super Bowl. I don't know. There's or maybe they don't even need to advertise ketchup chips. They're just so popular that you don't even have to advertise them. I think this is a question for Julian. Julian, should we bet on ketchup <laughs> chips? Let us know. This is, these are things that, uh, you know, I just think about sometimes whenever we're talking about our friends up north, you know, uh, kokanee and ketchup chips is basically what it comes down to. Uh, guys, as always, all of these stories, you can find the written version over on LegalSportsReport.com. Go over there 
there. Take a look. Dustin, Adam, Matthew, Walter Waters. Uh, we got Brad Allen, everybody over there doing their good work. So be sure and uh, take in all of that. If you want to follow Dustin on Twitter at Dustin Galker, Adam is at Adam Candy. If you really hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. And if you're listening to this on the website, you can also get it delivered to your phone or whatever your tablet. You can do that. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We're on all of those podcasting formats as well. So please go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. And it'll be easy because every time we go live, it'll just pop right on to your device. For Dustin, for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.